By the time you hear this podcast, you'll realize you were born underwater with three dollars and six dimes. The song is called On and On. Please welcome Erica Badu. By the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with episode 138. And uh, we are live on Twitch. And um, yeah. So if you uh, don't know where you can find our podcast, um, look at the screen. Um right now on the top and the bottom. <laughs> uh, if you can read, you should be able to see that. If not, um, I don't know. Ask your mom. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you can see that. And we have a guest. This is the first, his first appearance on this podcast. Uh, we're glad to have him. Um, uh, it was a last minute invitation, <laughs> but uh, I knew he would be interested in the topic. We have Rick K. Rick, what's up, man? What's the deal, Pilkles? <laughs> <laughs> what's good? It's your boy Rick Kang. I'm in the building. Uh, so Rick, um, uh, well, Rick hosts uh, a radio show here in the super secret location that we record. Uh, why don't you tell the people about it? Well, you know what it is. I'm one of the co-hosts of Talking Random-ish. It ain't nothing but some good old-fashioned barbershop-style conversation. Um, she, G is one of is the video producer <laughs> of the show. I mean, and my whole objective of the show is to um, enlighten, help, teach, and bring aware to the, our community. To me, the barbershop is the heart of the community, and uh, we try to have all the great conversations in the barbershop. I, uh, I yes, I will be there. Um, if you pay attention to the show on uh, Facebook Live or YouTube Live, talking random ish, T A L K, the comma up top, as he calls it, yes, sir. <laughs> the <is>. catastrophe, <laughs> uh, random ish, uh, Friday nights, um, eight thirty on Facebook and YouTube and uh, nine o'clock on the actual radio. 
uh, but you'll have to find out what station that actually is. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> if you tune me in at 830, Friday night. Tune in at 830, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, Rick, what we normally do here is we talk about some music news first, some things that are going on in the music world. Um, not much as we've, we've been off for a couple of weeks, um, but normally not a lot of things happen that um uh, that are major news um i know you you saw well you, you told me earlier that uh prince marky d from the fat boys passed away yes sir. um yeah so now there's <laughs> exactly. one left exactly there's one fat boy left yeah i might go watch the movies this week hey no i'm, 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 put, I'm uh, um I definitely watching tougher than um was tougher not tougher um Disorderly? Uh, no. Disorderly is one, one I know. And the other one. Oh, uh, Crush Groove. Yes. Yeah, definitely yes. watching Crush Groove. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably putting that on tonight. <laughs> and, uh, you go, and if you tune in on the show, you might hear some all you can eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Disorderly was that movie that we didn't understand why we liked it. Yes. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was, too, I was a kid when this stuff came out, but we would watch it all the time. It was funny as hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That's so sad. Yeah. It was a it was a silly movie and yeah. it was kind of remade in the form of uh Baps. They did. They, oh. yeah. Baps yeah. is kind of loosely okay. uh, a remake of Disorderlies cuz it was the same kind of premise. Yes. Um So yeah, uh well, I was going to say there was one topic I don't know how political you want to get though, but I, uh, I Let's I, go for it. I mean, it's the it's the Morgan Wallen incident and I love it pulling up Billboard, you know, to prepare to talk about that, but Quite interesting what happened there in terms of him dropping an N-word in a video. And it wasn't like he just, granted, I mean, there's never really an okay time to say it. Let us maybe it's an academic sense, I don't know. But, you know, he was shouting, get that N-word out of here. You know, like he was drunk and people were defending him. I know we kind of talked about it over text, you know, who defends that? (laughs) (laughs) And then on top of that, his album sales go up. Of course. And it's just like... (laughs) And so one thing, and granted, you know, I'm not going to, this isn't the place to talk about whether or not you like cancel culture or not. Um, But I do think it's interesting that he's dropped from his label and within about a week, he basically releases an apology video in which he tells his fans, do not, do not support me. Yes. Do not make excuses for me. That's different. Yes. That's different. That doesn't help. No, it doesn't, no. but it, it does, is different. That does nothing. It's different. When's it, the last it, time you saw someone do that? It actually seemed like he's trying to take accountability for yeah. his actions. Mm, well, I haven't seen the video, so it depends on what more he said to me. Because if he just said, don't support me, okay, did he actually acknowledge why uh, I he seen the should video not either, use that word? I think he's... I think and I don't even know how I even watched this, but uh, <laughs> I think he said um, definitely that he was wrong and he mm-hmm. made a mistake and don't support me. Don't don't try to make excuses for me because I was wrong Yeah, in what I did. And then talked about how he's meeting with black leaders. So he's meeting with, yeah, it's who, who are these the whole gamut. The, is, the, is there a default black leaders? The, in, the head of the NAACP <laughs> in Nashville. Because they have one there. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> Met with him. 
and apparently see, received a lot of crap about it. And she was just like, you know, he's he reached out to me. He's trying to learn. So I just I thought the whole thing was interesting. You've got all the people on one side who are like, I hate cancel culture. You've got all the people on the other side are saying it's just called accountability. And then you've got him in the middle coming out and saying, like, just stop it. I'm, I'm getting help, essentially. I thought it was a very interesting story. What's interesting is that the like cancel culture, I'm hearing that even more now, hearing that phrase even more. And it's the It's being weaponized uh, now. I mean Yeah. It's it's conservative, yeah. GOP, mm-hmm. uh, Republicans. They're the ones using that because they feel like anybody who makes a mistake, they're going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not taking into account what the mistake actually is. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I guess I, I wanna I want people to redeem themselves, have the chance to redeem themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, there may be a point where someone is past redeemable. Which some people think he is. <laughs> but because <laughs> of all the you know hey, his, for his for this, for this, if you think he can't be redeemed, okay. I, I mean I I can see your point. Yeah. Well this and the but fact some that some people think he can if he actually understands and takes um Really, like we want to see you be accountable. You yeah. can say yes. yes, I will be accountable, but we want to like see it happen. What are those actions that would make it look that way? I don't know. Do a song with Cardi B. Let me stop. <laughs> you know what I thought you were going to say? <laughs> Do a song with LL Cool J. No. Oh God. <laughs> With, with, the, with the chains, oh god, with the chains on. accidental racist. Oh man, that was. And what was even mess, more messed up is that Brad Paisley. So what what Greg's referring to is Brad Paisley and LL Cool J did a song called "Accidental Racist," which is uh, quite possibly the worst song I've ever heard in my life. Me, yeah, yeah. Me and my friend, or me and our friend Chris, we make fun of it. Um, to the tune of um, was it accidentally in love by the County Crows? <laughs> but like, it's a bad song. But like, just like three or four years prior to that, he did a song called "Welcome to the Future" that he performed at the at Barack Obama's inauguration, which was a much more progressive song. So I know oh, he wow. knows how to do it. It's still. <laughs> It's still on Spotify. <laughs> what? This is Accidental Racist. Oh, God. I haven't heard it in a long it's time. Tr- it's, it's, tr- it's really bad. And I can't believe that. I'm going to skip L-O towards Kuja. the end. But I'm still misunderstood. I wasn't there when Sherman's march turned the South into firewood. I want you to get paid, but be a slave, I never could. Feel like a newfangled jangle dodging invisible white hoods. So when I see that white cowboy hat, I'm thinking it's not all good. I guess we're both guilty of judging the cover, not the book. I'd love to buy you a beer, conversate and clear the air. But I see that red flag and I think you wish I wasn't here. If you don't judge my direct, I won't judge your red flag. I'll forget the iron chain. Yes, sir. If you don't judge my red, my gold chain. (laughs) I'll forget about the 200 years of bondage. Bruh, like that's. Yeah. 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 I think if more people knew about that, that would have been an incident. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how we got to that. But yeah, so hopefully Morgan Wallen, I mean, 
I don't. I've never heard his songs before. According to social media, he's like the bad boy, the new bad boy of country, for this and getting seen at a party without a mask on. <laughs> oh yeah, and, that's uh, how he lost the SNL. The SNL, the thing, SNL gig. Yeah. yeah. So uh, apparently, he keeps screwing up. So I don't know. I mean, truthfully, this does not affect me in the slightest. Which is what was funny to me when I was on Facebook and I had to, you know, stop following certain. Like, it had me, like, following Fox 5 News and all these places, and I would see comments. And I'm commenting, and I'm like, why do I care? Bro. I was like, why do we care so much about Morgan Wallen? The dude got – I'm sure he has money. They can't take away what he already has. Um, why are we worried about him, bro? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Half y'all aren't working, and y'all are, like, up in arms about mm-hmm. a country singer that you will never know losing a record deal that I'm pretty sure he will get back. Because mm-hmm. what was the quote from Bill Burr? Um, a hundred million dollar well, like essentially, like you can make someone a hundred million dollars. So they're yeah. just gonna you're gonna be on ice until everything calms down. Mm-hmm. You'll have the outrage. What kind of a person have those <laughs> outraged people? And then next thing you know, you wait for that call. Yes, sir. Because you can make somebody money. So I'm not losing any sleep over that. I just thought it was an interesting story, and and the people, of course, that came to his defense um, were even funnier. Oh yes, because I believe that was the same day that I had I got into. I had this one who had to stop. I got into an argument with a guy on Facebook about them changing the name of a high school in Atlanta to be named after Hank Aaron, and he was defending the Klan, and that's when I, I was like, I've, this has gone too far, Ben. Get off of Facebook. Yeah, that's, man. Those <laughs> like, get off Facebook, man. Just... He's like, the Klan did some good. I'm like, bro, oh, I mean... stop. <laughs> <laughs> now that's someone who's not redeemable. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, Hank Aaron's a legend, dude. Come on. It's Atlanta. Like, why not? Like, I figure that's the one person we could you know, all now, rally see, behind. See, the issue is you said Hank Aaron. Mm-hmm. You should have said Dale Murphy. Mm-hmm. You know who I thought you were going to say? Chipper Jones. Chip, <laughs> that's option number two. Chipper. I ain't going to hate Option Chipper, number three, John Smoltz. See, now, you, now, you, mm-hmm. now you're talking I, about I, heartstrings. I, I, option number four. <laughs> John Rocker. (laughs) (laughs) See, you had me going. I thought you was gonna say Tom Glavin. Like, oh, no, man, no. See, now you now you pull up my heartstrings because that was the the John Rocker batteries. Yes, uh. (laughs) sir. Sitting on the train, (laughs) (laughs) stand in New York, bro. It's not your place. It's not for you. See, in the in the school tradition, (laughs) anytime someone scores a touchdown, everyone throws batteries on the field. Oh man. Um, well, uh, you know, I, I just saw it, so I think we should lead with it when we talk about the charts. The Artist 100, the Billboard Artist 100. Are you familiar how this is calculated, Rick? Of course not. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> with the Billboard Artist 100, um, it's basically the the clout list who has the clout in the game uh, based on your album sales, radio airplay, people talking about you on social media. Uh, we have our own rules uh, is either you uh, put out new music or you die. Mm. That's how you get high on the list. Or here's, I guess we got or a new one. We got we got a new rule here, though, because number one this week is Morgan Wallen. I'm going to say, I just put, <laughs> he's pretty high on the list. You yes, say a racial slur. Drop a racial slur. Drop, drop a racial slur. <laughs> uh, sexual innuendo. <laughs> <laughs> unknowingly. Unknowingly. Uh, well, you're unknowingly being recorded. Yeah. When you drop this racial slur. Mm-hmm. 
And, you can't uh, just go on camera and just say. No, you just can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, just can't get, go, go, you can't cut the mic on and say N-word, 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 N-word. <laughs> don't, don't make a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> don't tempt anyone. <laughs> Which reminds me, I, there was a, tic, a, a TikTok that's gone viral this week um, about how uh, what white people need to know, what white women need to know if they date a black man. I saw that. Brandon shared it, <laughs> and it was hilarious. For some reason, they're sensitive about their culture. Okay. Oh, I didn't All see that. Right. I didn't see that far into it. All right. Best believe. Don't I'm touch watching. their hair. Okay. <laughs> and you can also get on get high up on this list by doing a bad halftime performance. Oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, the weekend is number two on this list. Uh, entering. <clears throat> what did uh, they do? Uh, the Foo Fight. Well, they do the new album. Oh yeah, Foo Fighters have a new okay. album, so they were unranked last week. This week, number three, still doing it. Number four, uh, Ariana Grande. Uh, number five, Taylor Swift. Number six, Luke Combs. Did he do? Uh, he stays in this yeah. band. He's, he, he's got that. We don't tour. know. We we haven't figured out why he's still on this list. <laughs> he's not touring. Mm-hmm. He's not putting out new music. He unless looks he just is. Like that dude I don't know. Who's always at the party? That has the guitar. He has the guitar <laughs> and a bottle of whiskey hey. and or moonshine. Hey, and he's probably he's like having a great time. He's like, oh man, is Luke here? So, like, hey man, I'm here. He pulls out the guitar and he doesn't do Wonderwall because you know he ain't that type of guy. <laughs> he plays like Garth Brooks. He plays Friends in Low Places. Hey. Yeah, that's his showstopper. All the hit. <laughs> uh, number seven, Cardi B. Number eight, Pooh Shiesty, who was number one hundred last week. And it's jumped up to number eight. Number nine, Pop Smoke. And number 10, Juice World. Okay. Um, let's look at the Billboard Hot 100. These are the top 10 songs. Number one is still Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, I, I listened to the song. Very Billie Eilish. Okay. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't. You, did, you don't hear it? I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But what's so impressive about this song? The production. That's what's impressive about Billie Eilish. Without her brother, she's. I'm, I'm not to not trying to insult her fans. I don't know. They might be as crazy as the Beehive. But without, without production, I like the song. I like the the progression. I think the big thing about this song, honestly, is the fact that it doesn't follow that standard chord progression that you hear every pop song doing nowadays. And it actually has changes. There's like a pre-chorus written. There's a chorus written. There's a bridge. A lot of the things that you don't hear in pop music nowadays. So it's a, it's a breath of fresh air. And that's why I mentioned like Diane Warren needs to dust off that piano because I think the way music is going right now, if she gets with the right producer, she could have a comeback because that's the mid-tempo ballad is literally it is back. She might have to be motivated. I mean, you know. she has nothing to prove. I get it. Yeah. You know who would come back, though? David Foster. <laughs> David Foster. He has he has nothing to prove either. <laughs> but he would come back just to get he he got some. He should he you know what right he now. he should be he should be uh considering <clears throat> come back to get away from Catherine McPhee asking him to write a song for her. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> his old his old wife, uh who he's like That's why he married. He's old enough to be her grandfather. 
so, Isn't that what we all strive for, though? Th- to get a woman <laughs> to be <laughs> in that age hey. and have a woman that, you know, just like, yeah. Look in the that. black community, that's called a cat daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that is your black history fact. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, uh, well, we're at number two. Um, <laughs> debuting at number two is Up by Cardi B. And, of course, with, uh, I think she's making songs for TikTok now. She's at that stage. Yeah, she said that. Because there's, there's the oh, Up challenge. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> there's been the Up challenge on TikTok. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's not the Silhouette challenge. <laughs> I don't even want to see the, if it ain't the Silhouette or the, challenge. Or the Busset challenge. Yeah, it's it's not that. I don't even want to see if it ain't the Silhouette like, challenge. Like, you got to have actual, like, dancing talent. <laughs> oh god it's one of those okay. yeah no. um number three a blinding lights by the weekend fresh off the super bowl halftime show number four save your tears by the weekend he getting them man. uh number five mood by 24k <laughs> golden featuring ian dior the more i hear that song the more i don't like it mm-hmm. that song was dominating for a bit <clears throat> yeah uh number six 34 plus 35 by ariana grande Number seven, Go Crazy, Chris Brown and Young Thug. Number eight, Levitating, Dua Lipa, featuring the baby. Number nine, Positions by Ariana Grande. And number 10, What You Know About Love by Pop Smoke. Mm. And it's been on the charts for a while. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with that song. I don't know if I am or not. Because there was a different one. Shoot for Aim for the Moon. Aim for the Moon was, I think, that was the one that was that was high up there before. Uh, and we'll look at the Billboard 200. These are the albums. Number one <laughs> is Dangerous, the double album by Michael Jackson, Morgan Wallen. Oh. <laughs> they seriously, oh man. Hey, you know, uh, get it how you get it, I guess. Maybe, maybe, is it opposite day in Morgan Wallen fan world? Don't support me. No, we're gonna stream his album Bro, every day. You know that's that's how it goes. <laughs> gonna make sure his man is successful. Uh, number two, <sighs> the highlights by the weekend. Is this a greatest hits? Uh, yes, yes. It's cheating. It's kind, <laughs> kind of cheating. It's kind of cheating. The Eagles are still eating off of their greatest. Hits, I know. So yeah. people will can will always and Billy Joel too. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. Uh, number three, Medicine at Midnight, debuting at number three. The Foo Fighters, number four, Shiesty Season by Pooh Shiesty. So that's why he's in the top ten. New album, number four. Excuse me, number five, The Voice by Lil Durk. Number five, Shoots for the Stars, <laughs> Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. Number seven, Positions by Ariana Grande. Number eight, Legends Never Die by Juice World. Number number nine, that was number eight. Okay, number nine, What You See Is What You Get by Luke Combs. And number 10, If I Know Me by Morgan Wallen. See, it's opposite day. When did this album come out? When did this album come out? They ran to Walmart and let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> Based on the math, this came out at least... Two years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. three. <laughs> so, funny fact. Fun fact here about this this greatest hits thing. Uh, for 2020, peak position for their greatest hits by the Eagles, 116. It is still charting. Mm-hmm. Still charting. I'm telling you, man. 
Greatest hits albums will never die. <laughs> it's just a, it's too easy. Um, you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to show up to the studio. Nope. Now, well, nowadays they want you to because they're like, well, you need at least like one song, one new song. Like, uh, oh, what? Fine. Okay, one new song. One. And if you're it's no pro- doubt, it's a cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're lucky, it's one of those like artists record like a hundred songs for one out and pick twelve yeah. for the new album. So it's one of those. It's one of those throwaways. Yep. What's the they, they're like, able really to freshen up? About the, hell, I just thought about it. Cheryl uh, uh, Crow did a co- did a cover too. It was just so old that nobody knew. It was that uh, the first cut is the deepest. She had me for twenty years. I was like, man, that's a great Cheryl Crow song. Oh, who did that song? Cat Stevens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know. <laughs> Yusuf, I did not um, know that. What is it? What's his name now? Because he converted. Oh, right? Yusuf Islam. Yeah, Yusuf Islam. First cut is the deepest. He got me. She got me. Uh, um. So yeah, um, so let, let's let's talk about it because we can. Week the weekend Super Bowl halftime oh. show, greatest show ever. I'm <laughs> I did enjoy it though. I did enjoy it no. for what it was because I like the weekend. So I mean, I just he could have done anything. I like Toxic Weekend. I feel you. I feel you. They were never gonna let him play that stuff. <laughs> and, and I get it. I get it. You cannot put that stuff. On, he on nothing. himself and everything. You know, yeah. he was, um, when he's, you know, Starboy, of course, he, he had to edit. And mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I would have liked to have seen, but I, I know, like, now we're in the make it a big spectacle phase of Super, Ho- Super Bowl halftime shows. You could tell he had a live band. I would have loved to have seen the live band, but that's just not what we do now in, in, in Super Bowl performances. So it was a little different because he's not a dancer. So that's the other yeah. thing. He's and just he up there yeah. like he had to have an even bigger spectacle behind him. Huge stage, all the backup dancers and the singers and stuff. And I, I enjoyed the spectacle part of it. But like he just he's just it's just not it's not a Super Bowl no. performer. No. It's just not. No. He but had, I like the weekend. So I wanted to like it. <laughs> like I said, I, I try because I, I, I know he, he's 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 more poppy now. So I knew he had the pop hits <laughs> so for the kids. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but there's nothing about his show. And um, my girl kept saying, so where are the girls at? <laughs> where the girls at? You know, something for the, for the, for the yeah. entertain everybody. It's, yeah. It wasn't good. I, I really thought they were going to bring a special guest out. Yes. Like I thought maybe they'd done some polling like they did with Coldplay that year and realized they're the biggest band in the world, but that's not good enough for this. Yes. We need Beyonce. We need Bruno Mars. Did they did they bring out the Red Hot Chili Peppers that Big year? Big boy. That Bruno Mars had the Red Hot Chili Peppers okay. that was himself. Good. That was dope. But um, yeah, I thought I figured they might have done some research. I was like, yeah, we need to bring somebody in last minute. But they let him hold it down himself. So I mean, it could have been somebody that I mean, who would who one who would fit with the weekend? And no because clue. you couldn't use any of his features. No clue. They're not bringing out Drake. No, they're not bringing that out. That would be badass though. <laughs> I, he probably did a song with Lil Durk, who's been doing a lot of stuff. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, not that song they did together. No. And because like the the thing the thing that made it an interesting choice is that this is supposed to be like for this is for the kids. <laughs> this halftime show is for the kids. It's got to be clean. It's got to be yeah. family friendly. Mm-hmm. What's family friendly about weekends music? 
nothing. Diapers on your head? That's I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's right now. He's it's so poppy to, you know they they get you can get away with toxic music, but it's have the right chords, all that yeah. poppy. Well, you put that pop behind it. Yeah, you know you got the some folks that's loving it on the yeah Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, no, I mean hell, the um I can't feel my face. Someone said it's the first time a song about heroin has been performed at the Super Bowl. Hey, and but it's got a it's slaps. It's got a yes. beat. I can dance to it. Yes. Like that's it. Thank Max Martin. It's like, what do you mean it's about <laughs> shooting up? Like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just about being in love. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, no. um, and the thing is, like, and we've talked about this before. That uh, he did the hills. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was um, going to be a showstopper, but it, it was not. <laughs> the weird thing about this was that. Like, it's still the 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 NFL does not pay the artist Mm-mm. for this show, which Mm-mm. I still think is messed up. But uh, they're like, look, you get to perform on our stage. That should be enough. This this is the ultimate. This is good for your exposure. Yes. Yeah, this <laughs> yes. Is, I was gonna say this is some of that. This is this something is the that ultimate like of that. a sleazy bar in town pulls off. Like you sell the tickets, mm-hmm. you pay us think, for the think privilege. Of, think of the Instagram followers. <laughs> yes, you could go up a whole thousand followers. We even got the thing with the wings. You can take a picture in front. Of, like no, <laughs> that's what it makes me think of. Like this is what sleazy bars do. NFL should know better. Um. Apparently so, he spent two million of his own dollars. Seven, that's what I'm saying. seven, yeah, thought, seven, yeah, seven. I, was, I heard of, I heard of seven in that number. So the record, I bet the record label had to come up off of some of. <laughs> yeah, that is Jesus Christ, seven million dollars. Seven, um, for that. I hope he saw some of that money back. I mean, he's on the, t- the well, top. Well, yeah, yeah, he's got, yeah, he, yeah. He's being talked about, and he's got two top ten hits right now. Yeah, so. so he's streaming. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the, uh, I guess the exposure thing works, but does he like break even on what he spent? Probably not. Well, I mean, it's going to take a while. That's a yeah. lot of money. Those yes. Dollars. Yes. For for fifteen minutes. For all them people in their masks. <laughs> <laughs> and them red eyes, man. <laughs> man, that was. Yeah. All right. We all seen enough of that. Thank you, Lord. Um, so um do you have any suggestions for either of you have suggestions for next year? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on which way they want to go with it. Do they want to keep the large spectacle? Because then you gotta go with somebody who can who can put that on. So you know, thinking of big pop artists, maybe you go with I, I just I I think Taylor Swift doesn't won't do it. I think she won't. I think as a matter of fact, the reason she won't is because they don't pay you, and she's very big on you know paying artists. So I don't think she'll ever do it. Maybe Ariana Grande, if that's the way you want to go. Um, she come from the kid background. Yeah, she's all, she's got that you know. She comes from uh, was one of them Disney Nickelodeon shows. Mm-hmm. They've probably grown up with her, so they mm-hmm. don't want to watch her. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anyone else, though. I mean, unless you go back to giving it to the old guys, <laughs> which, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a, a Pearl Jam halftime show. They're old enough now. It's been about 30 years since 10 came out. But um, I don't know. I still 
Uh, I still contend the Foo Fighters Will they could do, do it, it, though? I don't, I mean. Um, yeah, I agree. Taylor Swift is not probably not going to do it. Ariana Grande could do it. <laughs> she could do any songs off of this current album, though. No. <laughs> it's too sexy, man. It's too, it's too, sexy. too sexy for the kids. Can't you do can't that. See positions. <laughs> no, <laughs> mommy. What's positions mean? It's Wait. when you have a job and mm-hmm. you're good at it, and you're doing your, you know, you're working your positions at Walmart and at, you know. <laughs> Talking about thirty four plus thirty five, sixty nine. I don't get it. Where's Where's the Super Bowl <laughs> next year? Uh, Los Angeles, SoFi Ooh. Stadium. Ooh. Who's big in Who's big in L.A.? I don't know. Kendrick gonna have a project out by then. Yeah. Is is well can Kendrick be family friendly enough? Of course not. Well I was gonna say like the one album he like, made. Like he can't do backseat freestyle. No. Yeah, Kendrick's funny. He can't that do way, all cause, right. Cause well actually no, he could. He, he could, could do all right. right. That would be the closer. He could do damn. <laughs> yeah. He could do um the album he, that is basically paying for everything he does. Yeah. <laughs> damn um, he could do love. He could do the song with the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did. Oh, the song from do, Black Panther? Yeah. He did the halftime show of the college football playoffs once. He did. Yeah. Uh, so it could be done again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I don't think they will, but. If he, if he, <laughs> has, if he has an album out. Yeah. Because yeah. that is, that would help as far as <laughs> if he's going to have to spend his own money mm-hmm. uh, to get that money oh, back. Um, he's gonna if he has an album out, then that would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he might come out, you know, on the positive end of that. Um, I mean, other, I haven't seen a country artist do it in a long time, though. Yeah, the last one I remember is Garth Brooks. They might drag him up again. I don't know. Um, well, to hell, Morgan Wallen. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> what well, the redemption tour? He's hot. He's hot right he now. He's very hot. So he's gonna have to do this again, mm-hmm. like around November. <laughs> Make another video, yes, he hot get right them to support yes, you, you know, Middle America. And then they're like, you know, like fresh off of his redemption tour. Yes, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. He have all the, all the black artists around him. <laughs> black band. <laughs> oh, God. So. Um, Sing it, Kendrick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Be humble. Let me start. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not give them ideas. Let me not give them ideas. <clears throat> um, All right. So, Ben, tell us about your earworm of the week. Did you get it? You got yes. It? Okay. Um, so, I know it was maybe an episode or two ago we talked about how um, Andre 3000 does his one, two tops versus a year, and then he just goes back into wherever he is in Atlanta. Um, and so that inspired me to go on a search just to put together a list of 3,000 verses, you know, Andre 3,000 verses. And there's a lot of playlists out there, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, to my chagrin, though, I, I did not find the Walk It Out remix. That is not on Spotify anymore. Um, it's on YouTube, buddy. Yeah, that's where I had to go to find it to yes, listen. Sir. But um, I found this one, and I was not familiar with it. Now, funny enough, if you were to ask my wife, we love Rick Ross for some reason. Um, I I don't and I like I list him as one of my favorite rappers. I don't know a lot of his songs. I just know that I've never not liked a song I've heard by Rick Ross. Yeah, it's the same song. Yeah, her, <laughs> it really is. And I heard this one. And I was like instantly, I loved it. Oh yeah. Um, and it's great because it's like it's it's a catchy hook, but it really is just Rick Ross and Andre just 
spitting bars. Like when sixteen ain't enough. Yeah, like it's just like in between. Like you have Rick Ross does his long verse, and then like you just have Andre talking about how sixteen bars ain't enough, and then he goes and raps for what feels like forever. And I can just, I can just listen to that man rap forever. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. this song is. Uh... Eight minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's long <laughs> as hell. Yes, like, it is so long, but it's great. Like yes. it's, yeah, because they can't they can't get it all off. And, and it's got a great beat because just all Rick Ross songs have great beats. He's so. the best beat maker ever. Yeah, beat songs, picker. Yeah, ever. So this is uh, sixteen by Rick Ross featuring Andre three thousand, and we'll be right back. Cut it before it gets to Andre. Blasphemy, No, I figured. You sure? I'm, was, I'm sure, man. That was partially why I was going to choose another song, but I'll save it for next week. I, there were two songs. Yeah, man. But 
you know, eight, black we history can't play the whole for the culture, thing. you know. So, <laughs> if you uh, want to listen to the whole song, then um, you can go to our BTT YHT Earworms playlist, which is on Spotify, and you can subscribe, follow that playlist right now, and uh, you'll see that song on there, which I just added it, so there you go. All right, so we started this particular episode with um, a live version of On and On by Erica Badu. It was a 1997 uh, performance on Jules Holland. Great show for live music. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, uh, that might be a bucket. Does that show still come on? Um, I don't know. Because if so, that's a, that's a bucket list. Um. Was it late with Jules Holland? Later with Jules Holland. Let's see. Um, is it still on? Yes. Good no. No. It said 55 seasons, but that's, you know. Yes. That's uh, UK. That's how British people, you know. Well, yeah, their series, <clears throat> a, a, a season is like eight episodes or something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, right now it is still, they took seven years off. No, no. They were on another, another location. So they are still on. Um, maybe one day, maybe yeah. one day, but they always have the best sound, <laughs> a great stage. The audience actually is cares. Your host is a musician and will play with you sometimes. Um, everything about that show was great, but that's not what we're talking about. But if you haven't seen it before, I would encourage you to check out that show. Yes. Um, and like I say, sometimes mm -hmm. it looks like, uh, the UK cares a little bit more about yeah. music. <laughs> Especially this kind of music, yeah. Yes. Uh, so we're talking about Erica Badu's debut album, Baduism, which uh, as of February 11th, came out 24 years ago. Damn. Mm. Erica's been around a mm. very long time and it feels like it's flown by. I feel like it, like 10 years ago she came up with the album, <laughs> yes. really. Mm. Uh, so... We're going to be talking about uh, her album. Um, and uh, I'll start with you, uh, Rick. Um, any memories of first hearing it? On the boat. Um, and it came out and my homeboy had it. Uh, you heard the song. You heard on and on. Kind of jazz. Okay. Okay. But I wouldn't. I wasn't sold yet. Yeah. I'm still to the old R&B. <laughs> I hadn't, and yes, I did like D'Angelo um, Brown Sugar. But I, you know, I'm, I'm, so we getting ready to go out to sea. And I got my homeboy's copy because he got it. So I put it on and I was hooked. And um, I, I I loved it so much, I ended up buying him a new CD <laughs> once, <laughs> once, once we docked because I wasn't giving that one back. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was fresh. It was new. Mm -hmm. It was soul singing over hip hop beats. Yeah. And and you you can't go wrong. Mm -mm. And she was fine. <laughs> Had the head wrap. Yeah. With the incense. Yeah, and you didn't see a lot of R and B singers like that. Yes. Like she, and it was it was kind of brand new. You know, you just didn't like you look at her. And she's not out there trying to, like, yeah, she's pretty, but she's not trying to sell herself mm -hmm. as pretty. Mm -hmm. She's just selling that this black image. Mm -hmm. um, 
that you normally just did. Like, I'm trying to think of any R&B singer that I can think of that dressed like her in the 90s. How she still dresses to this yes. day, really, you know? Yes. Well, there's really not anybody. Yeah. Because it was, it <laughs> was, um, it was a motif. It was a, mm, it was an attitude. It was a fashion statement yeah. that can be considered a risk because <laughs> yeah who's, because the head wraps as far as to black people is it's it's something that like we see women wear a head wrap like it's a hat or like it yeah. is their yes, actual is hair so. like this this is me and um this is me being like I don't know if they're like professional head wraps. <laughs> but, not, not all of them. But if there were, <laughs> if there were, you know, I mean, you know, that's something that I know that black women, black women would gravitate to. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was also it was, um, it it was also like kind of a personality statement too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with her to present that, I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of, um. A lot of female artists have been in in a way chasing that ever since mm. because okay. you know you're not going to you can't beat the original mm-hmm. um and that that's part of it too is that it felt like it's new and it felt original like it's like and it's like well this is this is her this is who she is mm-hmm. and you know it, you don't feel you don't get that like that she's copying somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're inspired by somebody, that's one thing. But to like copy somebody or to get the feeling that oh, this is just a rip off of this, you know, you don't, you didn't get that from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that soul, you felt the soul. Yeah, yeah. You felt it. Yeah. Uh, ben, any particular memories of hearing this, uh, hearing this album or any songs on it? Well, I mean, it was <laughs> it was middle school for me, so. Um, so I'm assuming when you said boat, we, uh, armed forces, navy, yeah, navy. Okay, yeah. So a little bit older than Greg and I. For me, it was, it was middle school. I was, um, God, I would have been eighth eighth grade, I believe it would have been, because it was right before I moved up here. Seventh grade. I moved up here in '98. So yeah, seventh going in seventh going into eighth grade. Yeah. And um, I remember, of course, this was back when BET and MTV and VH1 play videos, and. This got played on BET all the time. Yes, sir. And I just remember kind of being obsessed. So, you know, like Rick, I was obsessed with On and On as soon as I heard it. Like from the moment, I was like, this beat is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she has the kind of the breakdown at the end and she starts kind of really singing, like that was my favorite part of the song <laughs> every time it came on because it was like she was, it was almost kind of like she was spitting. Yeah. Like she was singing, but she was still kind of spitting. And it was just such a cool thing to hear, like, just the way in which she kind of approaches that last verse. I just, I loved it from the moment I heard it. And of course, it was hot, so all my friends at school liked it, too. And we would we would stay talking about it. And of course, like, when Tyrone came out later, it was over. Yeah. Like, it was just, <laughs> yeah. like, we knew, we, we loved it. And man, I felt bad for all the dudes back then who named oh, Tyrone. Because yeah. <laughs> they just got, oh, yeah. they couldn't catch a break. But... Yeah, from the moment I heard this song. Now, it's no longer my favorite song on the album, but when I first heard it, I was obsessed with it and listened to it every every time I, I you know, if it came on, I'm listening to it. Yeah. I had to. 
Yeah, uh, on and on was the first. Of course, it's the it was the first single. I, yeah. I hope it was. Yeah, because that that's the that's the one that um, that I heard so much. And the thing that like as far as the I don't I don't I don't want to put it like it 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 killed something like how we say uh, well at least I do say that like grunge killed hair metal. Mm-hmm. Um. And gangster rap uh, <laughs> killed party rap. <laughs> uh, Neo soul. I think this this was the end of New Jack Swing here. I could possibly because so I thought about that not in terms of New Jack Swing as far in it, but I in thought about R and B current in, it, in its form at the time. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I thought about like what was you know what was the hottest the biggest R and B group in the world at that time. Jody Boys to Men. Boys to Men. Jodeci is, is a close second. Yeah. But Boys to Men is like they crossed over. Mm-hmm. By then they had End of the Road, which was a monster. Oh you my know, God. broke the record for the longest, and then they broke it again. <laughs> On bended knee. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they broke it again mm-hmm. with Mariah Carey. With Harry, one sweet day. So it's like and you can't everywhere. Get the Christmas song. Yeah. Um, Let it snow. Let it, Let it snow. snow. Yeah. 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 So. For this to come out, I think music always has that parallel where you have the the fun, upbeat, kind of safe music. Even though it's funny that you know to think of hair metal is safe, but it was kind of safe at the time. Yeah. You know, once you started getting people like you know like Bon Jovi in there, and then for her to kind of come in and not saying that she's a Kurt Cobain, but the t- you know all that music that was coming out of Philadelphia, all that mm-hmm. neo soul. Yes. It just kind of it made you kind of think like oh R&B can be serious yes because this was more serious music it used live instruments Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of Rhodes piano a lot of you know that vibrato on the piano on electric piano real drums it's a stand up well I mean I don't know if it's actually a stand up bass but it is if it's not a synth mimic to be a stand up bass Mm -hmm. which is normally used in jazz and soul so you've got this music that is not like anything that's on the radio um and of course, I'm pretty sure, like you know, in the in the clubs, people knew about this type of stuff mm-hmm. because listening to this album and researching it, it made me think of uh, Wildflower, Wild Wild Seed by um, Dion Ferris. It mm-hmm. made me think of that and how that album could have been this album, but I just don't think we were ready yet. Like she had the one hit, but if you go back and listen to it, like it was it was kind of all over the place, kind of similar to Schizophrenic by Jay Z Shazay. It's just all over the place. Um, but I think she kind of helped lay the groundwork for an artist like this to be able to take this type of music seriously. A little bit of it from Arrested Development, even though some of their stuff was kind of poppy too. Mm-hmm. But I think Dion Ferris made it okay to like, hey, let's take R&B like really serious, get some good musicians, some good producers, and play music and record music that you actually take out and play live. Kind of like you know the video on Later's with, Later with Jewel Holland, Jules Holland. That was a vibe. You've got your three backup singers, your bass player, your keyboard player, your drummer. And if you noticed in that live recording, they didn't play it the same way the whole way through. Right. They started, they put some changes in there to make it sound. And I'm pretty sure they planned that. But that's the type of music she was doing to where you can have some fun with it if you're a musician. You don't just throw a backing track on and have Erica Badu do this. You get some live musicians. Kind of like Dion Ferris did whenever she would go perform. She would have live musicians and for someone like me who was a kid who wanted to get into playing live music, 
to see, and I'm going to bring it back here because it's Black History Month, to see black musicians that look like me mm-hmm. playing music, mm-hmm. not some dudes in like, you know, because usually what the black musicians are the jazz musicians. So you see them in the in the tie and the and suspenders the suspender. and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> High-waisted the, pants. Yes, these are black musicians in like street clothes. Like I'm dressed, you know. Yes, sir. That, to me, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, that's... Okay, I maybe I can pick up a guitar. Maybe I can, you know, and they're and they're playing stringed instruments. I can't stress that enough. That was not a bass, <laughs> because if you're black, oh, you can play bass. Well, what if I want to play guitar? You can play bass. <laughs> like, never mind that you know some of the greatest black guitar you know players, um, some of the greatest guitar players of all time are black. But we that's talk, all, we talked about this. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's. You know, kind of when I when I hear this type of music, that's the mindset that kind of puts me in that I think it got a, a whole generation into serious R&B and an appreciation of live instruments on music. Soul. Soul, yes. Soul. Yeah, it's kind of a, a continuation because you mentioned that um, she did record in Philadelphia some of the yeah. album. And Philadelphia is one of those places where – it should be synonymous with soul music. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, the Roots are from there. Jill Scott mm-hmm. is from there. The OJs mm-hmm. at least were prominent there. I don't know if they're all from there, but they're part of that Philadelphia soul sound. Um, so it, for it to be a continuation of that, to add more of a jazz feel to mm-hmm. it, um, you know, like I said, it was it, it to me. It's it's low key a game changing album. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say it killed New Jack Swing, but I think as far in its form, in a way, yeah, you had to you had to change it up. You couldn't just do what what you had been doing. Um, you didn't hear it after, <laughs> right? You, <laughs> you didn't, didn't, you didn't really hear it the hear same it. way. He definitely you didn't, didn't really hear, hear it the same it, yeah, way. So, um, and also this was. And then the I started hearing the term neo soul after this album. Mm-hmm. Um, and previous to this album, uh, Maxwell's Urban Haynes Week was the year before. Uh, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar was the year before that. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick and I were discussing, like, I, I thought D'Angelo and Erica Badu crossed paths while they were making these albums. <laughs> I think um, they literally did. I think they recorded they recorded a demo together before They this. did. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um and uh you know being the it it kind of shows the power also of what black people can do together mm-hmm. because the this was part of the the Soulquarians mm-hmm. era as well mm-hmm. with the roots and D'Angelo and Bilal. Bilal. Um, Bilal. Jay Dilla. Yes. Oh, man. Um, yes. Common. Yes. Uh, who else was in this? Was um, Bahamadia? Was she part? No. Uh, Q-Tip. Q-Tip, yep. Most Def. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had um, Roy Hargrove, who's a, a trumpet mm. player. Um Pino Palladino. Oh, whoa, really? Yes, he played ba- he played a lot of the okay. bass. Okay, yeah, that dude's a that's he he. I, there's not enough to talk about a full episode of him, but for the love of God, if you love music and you're listening to this, go check out any record he was on, especially in the '80s. He basically made. I'm not gonna say he made the fretless bass popular, but that's what he was known for. He played on what Boys of Summer. 
he's um that part in the bridge. That's him. He became known for that sound. But I'll get off my box. But Pino Palladino's a, he's the man. Oh, wasn't um. John Jocko Pistorius doing Ooh. the fretless bass thing? No, Jocko. I don't think Jocko played a far, uh, fretless. Because every time that's, well, the, that's the thing on the on the neck, right? Yeah, Those are frets. frets. Every time I saw him, he was playing the Fender Jazz. But it was, he he like you because you could take him off. I've not seen a bass where you can take the frets off. Or he, or it was fretless. Or you talking see. about an upright bass? Maybe he did play a fretless. Oh, he played a fretless jazz bass. I learned something today. I didn't know Fender made fretless jazz basses. That's expensive as hell. But look, if for, I'm trying to see what else Pino Palladino worked on. Brian worked. would kill me for not knowing that. I mean, he, he, he worked on a lot, he worked um, on a lot of bass stuff with, um, Quest Love. Yeah. Oh, he's working with yeah, Oletta they did a Adams, lot of work together. He's in the John Mayer Duncan trio. Sheik, BB King, yeah. Clapton. Pino Pino's that man. Yeah, he is yeah. He's done a lot of good work. And he uh, with D'Angelo he worked on Voodoo and mm-hmm. Black Messiah. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um so yeah, that he's part of the the Soul Quarians as well. Um but it the like what I mean is like the power of black people like working together. You see, you hear all these names, and you know what they can do and what they have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the it just it. I mean, you you see the like the collectives as far as like you know groups like like Odd Future and Brockhampton, but there's not people who like can work together and also have the star power for their own projects. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I kind of missed it, but it, it was, it was a, a very short run for this group. Um, cause they eventually all had their own thing going. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was great to, it, it was great to like read or, or to hear about that because like, I think about what are in these recording sessions? What did they throw away? Yes. <laughs> what, yes. what was thrown away? What was, you know, were there arguments over like, um, uh, I want that melody. No, I want it. And then, you know, they fight over it or something like that. So, and that's uh, the yeah. um, good thing about quest love. A lot of his sets. Um, sometimes he play a lot of those throwaways. Mm-hmm. And, and in his DJ sets, I think he just did a um, big thing to the Soul Aquarium, Soul Aquarium, and uh, he was playing a lot of those tracks that they were just him, James, Pause, and other days they were just jamming. And um, he played, yeah. It's man. It, it took me a while to realize how good of a drummer he was. It really, and I'm ashamed to say that. Um, but when I realized it, <laughs> it was it, it just it blew me away. It blew me away. Um, and I'm I'm happy to to see that he has something to do with this album because before this I didn't really know a ton about who, you know, worked on this album and all that stuff and, um, just like I just I I can't imagine what it was like to be in those recording sessions. Yeah, back then. yeah, yeah. You could just imagine with man, serious yeah. musicians. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, speaking of Questlove and James Poyser, they co-wrote 
along with Richard Nichols and Erica Badu, other side of the game, uh, which I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, Rick, that was the first time I had seen that video. I'd heard the song a bunch what? of times. I had never seen what? the video before. What, today, I'm guessing? Today. <laughs> Bruh, what? I had never seen the video. That's a great video, man. Oh, my Andre, goodness. Yeah. Andre's in there. Yeah. And it's, it's, and I mean, it's one of those that really tells the story of what the song's about. Yes. Which is a very straight up song. And it is my favorite on the album. Um, probably because it is literally all, it's all live instruments. You can tell they recorded it live. And I just love the feel of it, man. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. That was one of the two songs I think they actually recorded in Philly. Okay. Yeah. You can you can just tell yeah. like there is. Oh yeah. The I mean the the synthiest thing about it is the electric keyboard. Like it's just yeah, those like the, the light strings in the background. That yeah it's. Mm. <laughs> the, yeah. The 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 trumpet hits. Yeah. Or you know those notes um there is a it's one of those songs where it's it's a there is a there is a story um and there is a love and a sadness uh and a um and and there's a tension to it just with the with the lyrics as far as there there's tension like it 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 has a lot and it's uh, with a lot of her songs and with i feel like with neo soul in general there is a it sounds like there's nothing playing but then like it's actually like a lot going on but it's like yeah. it's a lot of subtlety too yeah mm -hmm. um which I feel like is part of uh, jazz, mm -hmm. which I feel is is comes from jazz, and oh, yeah. to put that in to these kind of songs, um, it, it it just makes it it stand out to me as far as R and B goes. Mm -hmm. Like you know what is influenced by neo soul when you hear it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot in terms of their performance. The musicians, there's a lot to take out of this. So when you talked about it seems it seems sparse, and that's really because it is, because if you're listening to this, you've got you've got a bass, you've got uh you've got drums, and you've got a keyboard player, you've got some of the, the trumpet hits, you've got um you've got a little bit of synth in the background just to fill up the sound. But then if you think about it like everyone sits back. So there's something to be said about Stuart Copeland said this once. The really good drummers know how to just sit back and play for the song. Like Stuart Copeland said that once, Stuart Copeland, who was drummer for the police, said like something that modern drummers have problems with doing is playing a simple beat. If you listen to this song, he never, the drummer only hits the rim. <laughs> He's only hitting the rim, no rolls. You hear him hit the, you hear him hit the, um, doesn't really hit the crash. You know, he opens up the hi-hat a little bit. Not a ton of runs from the bass player. He just mm -hmm. sits back and plays along with the bass. That's about all he does. The keyboard player, same thing, nothing crazy. They play for the song. Now when they do this live, they might do a little bit more, you know, because you've, you've got that room, but they play for the song. And that's one of the reasons I love this song so much. 
there's not a ton of dynamics to it other than maybe in her voice when she sings a little bit on that bridge part but they just play they play for the song like it's just and it's a beautiful thing when you hear it it really is because I know this bass player he's the drummer and the bass player in the pocket and I know this bass player if he wanted to could go off <laughs> you could just you could just he could go off if he wanted to but he's like no what what purpose does that serve yeah he plays for the song I mean sometimes the simplest yeah is is the most rewarding most fulfilling sometimes you ain't got to give out give me all that just give nice and mm -hmm. and, and let and, and let the spirit of the music take over because just think if like they if the bass player would have started doing some crazy runs, it would have kind of taken you out of it. Yeah. You're like, uh, uh no, nah, we don't need that. Yeah, it's um, following one of those, um, those, I, Rick, I don't know if you've watched this, but man, you've seen Tales from the Tour Bus. I keep trying to find it, but I can't. <laughs> it's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. It's on Prime? Yeah, Ooh. should be. Perfect. All should right. still be there. But um, for those who don't are not familiar with Tales from the Tour Bus, the creator of Beefs and Butthead and King oh, of the Hill uh, has ba he. It's basically like a music documentary series, but it's a it's animated. <laughs> he rotoscoped and it's animated, so a lot of interviews. And the first season's about country artists and their crazy stories. The second season is about uh, funk artists and their crazy stories. And he had an episode about Rick James. I think it was a two parter, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, one thing that one of his, uh, one of the guys in his band said that, you know, when they start, when they first started making songs, it's like you want to make a song that the crowd can hum. Mm. So I think they had a jazz bassist, so jazz, you know, he's in, jazz influenced at least. He's like, don't be doing all that crazy stuff. Hold <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on, Rick James said that? Uh, the guy in, in his band said okay, that. Okay, okay, I was going to say, because Rick's a, Rick's a good bass player, so. Yeah. No. Oh no. It was. It wasn't. Yeah. Because he did play bass. I think it was um, the one of their saxophone players. Oh, okay. Okay. He was on the saxophone player. Don't do all that crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. Um, and and if you listen to Rick James songs, they are they are hummable songs. Like they're yeah. not they're not crazy. At least on his part. No. So um, that, that's also something that I like about about that particular song is that. I like this the sparse sound, but it's also um, they kept it they kept it simple. Yeah, and you know you want to pay attention to the lyrics and the story of this song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, that's what I I um, that's what I really liked about it. Uh, Rick, you, I playing the song in before the show. Um, I didn't recognize how like soulful it is. Um, what how would you define what is soulful? Like, what does that mean to you? What is it to you? Touch your spirit. It touches your spirit, <laughs> man. <laughs> and, and so, and yeah, that's it. it. It touches your spirit. I don't care what it is. You never have to hear it. You never heard it before. You don't know no words. But when it's just something about it, 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 it gets up in here. And it just moves you. Mm -hmm. It just moves you. Um. Yeah, I I would. I understand your perspective. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, because it's a uh, a lot of a lot of soul music. You know, it's it's the the best soul music. It's supposed to affect you um, emotionally mm -hmm. and mentally. 
mm-hmm. right? You you have some kind of connection. And um, I think that's what resonated a lot with this album to a lot of people is that you connect it to this, the stories about about being black, about uh, being with a drug dealer, <laughs> being <laughs> with uh, you know how people look at you and treat you if you're if you're different or you know. Um, uh, and a song. Um, Another song that, like, I don't know, maybe, a, I don't know, I feel like a lot of girls at my school were singing this song and maybe not really paying attention to what it's about uh, next lifetime. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that one. <laughs> you know, uh, they were they cheating, uh, yeah. maybe next lifetime, maybe next lifetime. Yeah, cheating song. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. Yeah. God, I hope that wasn't. I guess so. I mean, if you got those vibes. Next lifetime, um, you, you, maybe we'll be you, butterflies. Yeah, you know. <laughs> like she say, you know I'm in the situation. And the way that, if you see the video, uh, looking at the video now, the first thing I thought of was like, did Cloud Atlas steal their whole premise from this video? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's the, it felt like it was, it's like, this is the same story. Like with the, the music video, it's, you know, across different time periods. And if you see the movie, I haven't seen the movie Cloud Atlas, but if I read about what Cloud Atlas is about, it seems like it's the same thing. Like they, they, they stole it from this video. <laughs> Or if Cloud Atlas, if if a book, if it's based on a book and that came out first, then I can understand that. But otherwise, man, <laughs> I just never, <laughs> I just, I never, I, I mean, it was right there in front of me. <laughs> it, this is it's my own fault. It's my own fault. Um, Once again, though, it brings just still brings back memories of middle school for yeah. me. Well, for me, the, the boat and, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and, and the concert and just Quiet Storm on, one, on Fox One Hundred Five. Oh, Quiet Storm, yes sir. I don't know. Do they still do that? Is that still a thing on radio stations? Oh, a Quiet Storm. Yeah. yeah. Um, probably on AM radio because they I'm, I'm a playlist guy, so I yeah. They, uh, they used to do it in Columbus, and they had like a, the Quiet Storm show. And re- they opened it every time with Quiet Storm by Smokey Robinson. By Smokey, yeah. <laughs> and then they would play, you know, this yeah. type of stuff. And, you know, it'd be, you know, middle school me up in my room, radio on, listening. And that's instantly, instantly where I'm taken back to mm-hmm. um, when the world made more sense, right? <laughs> oh, boy. So, so easy. So, yeah. Um, yeah if, if I'm wrong about the Cloud Atlas thing, y'all let me know. Anybody listening or watching, let me know. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what? Um, how I put this? As far as like, like I said, with like neo soul, I started hearing that term when this album came out. Um. Is there any album or artist? that um that epitomizes personifies i can't think of a smaller word <laughs> uh but like that shows what neo soul is and 
and kind of defines it better than than Erica as far as mm-hmm. or what she's like better than this album. I mean, her other albums have been good, but this one, like this is, this is the one that, that stands out because it was the game changer. Now, a lot of people are going to say that Jill Scott first album. And mm-hmm. that is, that's who's rattling around in my brain. That Jill Scott first album. Yeah. Because it's, ama- it's absolutely yeah. amazing. And I'm, and I keep trying to think in terms of comparison, how big was it compared to this one? Um, but yeah, that's, that's what was rattling around in my head. Cause she, as a matter of fact, funny enough, she wrote the hook to, yeah. um, you, you got, got me, me. Yeah. <laughs> the Erica Badu song. Uh-huh. If you listen to Roots Come Alive, she actually sings it on that track. It's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like amazing. she defines, I mean, of course she's, she's changed a little bit, but I mean, you have to, to keep up with the time. And part of that is the fact that this style of music became a little bit more mainstream. Mm-hmm. So you're able to pull in other aspects of R&B and pop music to make it what it is. But no, yeah, I, I was, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'll shut up. But yeah, no, you, <laughs> nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, that because it, 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 it was a bigger, it was a bigger album. Right. But it was, both of them together, man, you could put both of those on back to back and the vibe is yeah, <laughs> the vibe is there, man. Yeah, that was. Uh, I was trying to look at the name. Who was Jill Scott? Yeah, yeah, this. Who was Jill Scott? Hidden Beat. Yeah, the way. Um, so I, I mean, that was one of those um, albums my sister had. My sister's ten years older than me. She had that album, and I would listen to it. And I liked the music, but kind of like, and this is something I haven't really said, but kind of like Baduism. It was. I feel like it was an album that like I had to get a little bit older to really understand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I knew mm-hmm. I liked it. Wrong folk music. <laughs> I knew I liked folk, it, but yeah. I wasn't. You know, you know, like I'm pretty sure. Like I can't remember how I thought of other side of the game when it first came out, but I'm pretty sure I did not realize it was about dating a drug dealer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't get that. Yeah. You know, as an eleven. 12-year-old kid, growing up, I'm like, oh, yeah, Andre's a drug dealer. Yeah, okay. That's dirty money. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get it now. Same thing with, like, you know, with who is Jill Scott. Like, that's, yeah. 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 All right. um, So, funny enough, though, so I just, I did just look this up here. Four albums. um, This is from Discogs, which is a great website. If you've ever, you've never been there, you can find um, all sorts of really good, album notes so it says four albums that define neo soul baduism is one of them on there who is jill scott's another one um this could be a future topic voodoo by d'angelo yes it's a great album yeah (laughs) and then uh things fall apart by the roots things fall apart by the roots which is it's neo soul it's rap but it's neo soul you know and it's it really kind of gets that neo soul tag because of i think because of the instrumentation Man. Brings in, but just some you know something to think about for anyone who's listening. That 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 ooh, yes yeah. In fact, that will be a playlist to ride home yeah. tonight. <laughs> Those yeah <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, see where we're at here. Okay. Um. We'll start with you, Rick. Are there are there any other songs on the album that? that stand out to you other than the singles drama and love are probably the main two can okay, play drama here first yeah that that drama 
that bass. That stand-up bass. This is Ron Carter on the bass, according to the credits. And Bob Power on guitar and keyboards. This is the t- you just know this was being played in like the smoky jazz clubs. <laughs> like I just I can see it. Like I could just see it. Like it was man. Yeah. On tomorrow the night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just funny because it's just like, and I'm a key, I will say this until I die, man. Like, as a as a younger guy, when I started getting into live music and wanting to be a musician, and maybe it's just it was an age thing we all had to mature. But it's just like you, back then you didn't get a lot of you know like a a lot of shine. It's like oh you want to you want to play music, mm, you know, you play in the band like yeah, pick up a trumpet, pick up a saxophone or something like that. But like instruments like this forget about it you know like you just outside of like drums you know in church and stuff like that yeah. you didn't so I just like albums like this growing up really spoke to me you know albums like this albums like Sons of Soul by Tony Tony oh, Tony oh. Definition of a Band by Mint Condition like I just even as a kid preach boy like, preach. I didn't know why <laughs> but I was drawn to I was just drawn to yes. Live instruments. Yes. You know, another album I didn't understand until I was older. <laughs> yes. You know, Sons of Soul, one of my, you know, the top Steel. 10 for me. Steel. I'm talking about, I can, yeah. you can put it on right now and ride. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, stuff like this, though, man. It's just, yeah. Uh, it's, it's one, it's, it's kind of weird because I think about, like, like, think about the people you, you grew up with and, when this album came out and now they're kind of starting to turn into what Erica Badu was in 1997. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it took a little bit of and, time. And you know? it, like, so it just reminds me of what you were saying about like you had to be, as you mature, then you appreciate this more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, no one would expect her to make an album for kids. Yeah. But it, it is something that, um, it when it sound when it's different, it takes time to appreciate it. And it, when it's different and it changes, it changes the landscape. Yeah. And you know, people are trying to emulate that sound in some kind of way. You know, kind of we're going back to a little bit of the beginning here, and looking at why why this album worked and why it can take so long to appreciate it because you don't um it's some it's something that probably wasn't understood by by i said 13 years old <laughs> i mean it, def, it definitely wasn't but to come back to it then you feel people are, are turning into this and you know kind of looking at erica as a um as a sign of someone who's like very peaceful and laid back and, and subtle, but also is very smart and has a lot to say and mm-hmm. can be very insightful. Um, 
I think she's really like that. I don't know about anybody that, you know, I may know personally is like really <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people may just do it for the aesthetic. That's that's one of those Gen Z words that's being thrown around. Yeah. It's all about the look. Um, but it, it doesn't feel it's not real. But with someone like Eric Badu or anybody who was like her at the time, at least. Mm hmm it feels more real it's not you know anybody like putting on a front mm -hmm. does that make sense i hope the so. gen z's <laughs> don't get that word they don't front they don't know what that means front what front huh what they understand like clout the front chasing. camera clout chasing they understand clout chasing though. you mean the front camera on the iphone yes sir. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll probably say this album's not any good how many followers she got yeah oh, okay oh lord I, I would i would hope i wouldn't meet someone who who said that because i don't want to be mean <laughs> you know but it's just i don't want to be that guy that's like you just don't understand i want them to appreciate it yeah. you know i don't want to be that guy and if they don't understand it that's okay because i didn't quite understand it at your age either i knew i liked it but i couldn't really put into words mm -hmm. why so mm -hmm. it, it took a little bit of time not as you know not as long but I was listening to a lot of music back then, you know, and I honestly I do think it has a little bit to do with the fact that my sister, you know, was so much older than me, so she exposed me to a lot of music I probably otherwise would not have been exposed to, mm -hmm. because you know she was watching BET, she was watching, um, she was listening to, you know, she exposed me to Michael Jackson. I remember she got the Jason's Lyric soundtrack, you know, and that mm -hmm. had a lot of it good had stuff. Some stuff. Had some great stuff on it, like Mint Conditions cover of if um trouble was money like a lot of really good stuff on it um and so i i really do have to kind of give her some credit for a lot of the stuff that i listened to because i i just know i wouldn't i wasn't unless i was watching it on bet i wasn't going to go out and buy these albums mm. you know i.e her love of mary j blige her love of jill scott stuff like that so i should probably call her and thank her <laughs> <laughs> um what I want to touch on also was the the live album, mm -hmm. which came out the same year. Um, I believe this is eighth grade uh, when the album came out. And I remember hearing Tyrone on the bus going to school. <laughs> Everywhere. Yes, sir. Um, I thought that was the I thought that was on the same album. Back yeah, before, I thought like, I thought you it know, was that thing. You know, you could now it's just you go to Wikipedia, go to Spotify. Yeah. Back then, I was like, oh snap, this is on the same album, like, and it's live. You got stuff in the background, and yeah, that was man when that 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 was a game changer right there too, because like you didn't really have a lot of live songs charting mm -hmm. on the like coming out on the radio like that, mm -hmm. you know. Just because it just that wasn't really a thing, you know. It's just this song is just yeah, yeah. I, I remember being at the concert. Oh, really? I was at the concert. Oh, um, wow! Fourth and B, San Diego, nineteen ninety-seven. Her, her and the Roots. Nice. And she, okay. And, and the whole that's when she did the whole thing. Um, I'm an artist, so I'm sensitive yeah. about my yeah. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, and bro, she did this, and she. I mean, by the time she was at the end, the whole crowd, everybody, everybody in there. Call top man, it was just it was amazing. It was amazing. So was this the first time she played this at that concert? 
Yes, you know how. Okay, like live. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the first time she was doing. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Know. Yeah. Because I wonder why she was like, "I'm an artist." I'm like, "Yeah." yeah. Ain't no one heard this before. Like, <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I, yeah, you said like. You know, you feel bad for guys named Tyrone. Huh. There was a Tyrone at my school. Yeah, Tyrone, one of my I friends, hate. Tyrone. And we, yeah, Tyrone called. Like, hell. he ain't do nothing, man. He's 14. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so um, there was one of those songs, one that you everyone knows the hook. Yes, everyone yep. knows the hook. Um, you know, it's a song that that uh, a lot of people can relate to, especially black women. Um, it was big enough to where I think um, I saw a Tracy Morgan special and he did a parody of the song yes. called Simone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because like the song like it started conversations too because a lot of black men were mad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even do anything and, yeah. like, and they're being accused mm-hmm. of being of being the friend of Tyrone. See Tyrone is supposed to be the person the, the friend you're supposed to call. Yes, sir. Okay, it's not Tyrone that did anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just the friend. He's the friend. He's the friend that's supposed to help you move. <laughs> but, well, because, you know, you're getting kicked out. So, yes, <laughs> he's supposed to help you. Um, but, yeah, like, it was, this was one of those, uh, yeah, it's that. So I remember. I don't know exactly what day or whatever, but I know I heard it on the bus, and pro- I feel like I heard it every day on the school bus <laughs> for like at least two months. Yeah, mm-hmm. about right. Um, and by at the time I didn't, I knew all the words because <laughs> like it, it came on all the time. Um, but for me, it was like, well, I I ain't Tyrone. I ain't the guy <laughs> she's thinking about either. <laughs> Hey. I'm only 13. Yeah, so you felt you still had to defend yourself. I ain't Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> this song has the ultimate punchline. Yeah. The way she just ends it, she goes, wait, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Bro. That is <laughs> like that's the that's the epitome of like a punchline from a diss song. Yes, sir. Like, you so can't how, use how, my phone. How I'm going to call it. <laughs> how, 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 how I'm going to call Tyrone. Oh, man, like that just, yeah. like I, I remember losing my shit when she did that. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't use my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like that It was like that in the in, in, the, in the place that night. I mean, when she did that line, we all went, wow, man. It went, yeah, wow. no, it was, mm. yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. And then, of course, it's live, which. Yes. You know, was I swear there was a point where I was a kid where anytime I heard something with like real live instruments, I just thought it was live. Yeah. Like I, I remember when we came up here with my mom, I was what, thirteen years old, we're looking for a house. And I found it used to be ninety six rock and it was the first time I'd ever heard Back in Black by A C D C and I would have sworn it was live. Cause everything was a real instrument. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this live track then I finally got the album, I'm like, oh no, it's not. It's just you know, so back then I could. I, if it said, if he had real instruments, I thought you were live <laughs> for the longest. Another interesting about um, about that song, like it's on the live album, and there's a studio version. I can't imagine. I don't like it. No one talks about the studio version. I don't like this. Everyone just it. goes back to the live version. Yeah. Like that's the one that, like, it's just a different. 
energy. Yes. Um, yes. The crowd reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, like- if it if it was <laughs> the first time she performed the song, then you know it's it's just that newness mm-hmm. of it. Like it's just a different feel yeah. than the studio version. I mean, it's cool. There's a studio version. The record label probably asked for that. So <laughs> well, it's, it's like it's like like oh yeah, I listened to the studio version of "Baby I Love Your Way" by Peter. Like no one, no one listens. cares. No, no one, one cares about that. that. Like it <laughs> exists, but like no, no. Any, one... Anytime I like search for it on YouTube or Spotify, it's the live yeah. version. <laughs> oh, there's a live version of "Maybe I'm Amazed." No one cares. It's awful. No one cares. There's a live. There's a studio version of Tyro. No one cares. Yes, I didn't even know until today, but I'm not going to listen to it. I mean, you, you, you know, because I listen to the live album a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you be, you get caught up and then it'll come on. Yeah. You go ahead and I skip right on because it don't. Oh, it's on the live album? Yeah. yeah. Man, it's on the live. That. Yeah. yeah. Delete that. It's the last song on the live album. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, I can't even listen to You Really Got Me anymore. After hearing that from on Roots Come Alive, can't listen to the studio version anymore. Because it's just, it's that good. So, I feel you on that. Like, yeah. it's. When you find a good live version of a song, it's almost like why even bother with yeah. the studio version. And then the "You Got Me." Did you see um, Dave Chappelle house house party mm-hmm. block party block party? I haven't seen that yeah. one. Oh did they do God. that? Uh, yeah, they they, they uh, did the song both and they came, yeah they were on there together. Ooh, Her, both uh, Jill of them. Scott and Eric. Yeah, Ooh. both of them. Ooh, where oh, where is that? Is he have that? Anywhere? And when I saw that, that's when I um, <laughs> I didn't know Jill Scott wrote that part. Yeah. Yeah, until until I saw yeah. until I saw the uh, what's your name? Saw, saw the My film. Yeah, but yeah, they do it. They do it. They do it together on that block party, man. Oh, it's somewhere. Cinemax. I don't know if I have Cinemax. Chappelle show just put back up on Netflix because they paid him. Yes, they paid him. They paid him what what he was owed. So, but yeah, that's that's a good it. I don't know if there are any great concert films uh, anymore. I was like, gonna say, it I feel on like US, it's it's like hard past, to pull yeah. off now um, because the film's supposed to be like an ex- like the experience of being at their show, but mm-hmm. you're watching it at home, so it's it's not the same thing. But you know, Dave Chappelle's Block Party <laughs> is one of those. Um, it's one of those that that you know mm-hmm. you can put that with. Um. Uh, where we had an episode about Depeche Mode's 101. Yeah. There's Stop Making Sense by the Talking Heads. There's The Last Dance. Uh, not not the Bulls one. The, <laughs> <laughs> the one with uh, or the Last Waltz. I remember that. The Last Waltz with the band. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's one of the greatest of all time. Even I've never seen it, and I. Well, I mean, who do you even want to see yeah. live nowadays? Not to be that get off my yeah. lawn guy, but yeah, that, and that's the hard thing. No like, one really who takes it it's seriously? It's hard to like put on a show. I mean, you could see Erica Badu perform live. She she's not going to dance, but it's but she like creates mm-hmm. uh, an environment, creates yeah. a vibe, mm-hmm. and you know, so you don't have to dance, but you at least have to create a a vibe, yeah. a mood. Mm-hmm. To make it work, and what <clears throat> artist does that anymore? Not, I mean, no one, pop, no one mainstream. I'll say that much. I mean, the weekend could. The weekend definitely could. Uh, yeah. Not, not performing Super Bowl halftime show. No, no. but maybe he, on he, his own tour, he would have to go back to that, <laughs> that, that, that good, that good toxic 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, 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 the trilogy. Yes. Thursday, yes. House of Balloons. He could dip, bro. But the, the thing is with <laughs> so, that, I know we're a little off target, but we're, we're going to come back. We're still we're, here. We're, we're, we're going we're we're to circle back around. The thing with The weekend is with those mixtapes, he had one producer. Yeah. And when The weekend got signed, that producer didn't come with him. Mm. So what ended up happening is probably what you hear on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever streaming service you use, those mixtapes are on those streaming services, but they've all been remixed oh. with and 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 at Ben, I know you like overproduced stuff. It, it sound it doesn't there it's doesn't there's a dirty. difference. There's a difference between So he didn't have the masters essentially, is what it sounds like. Well, because the produce that the the first mm. producer had him. He's like, I'm you're not you can't take this. If if I'm not being signed also, mm-hmm. if I'm not getting some kind of deal, you're mm. not getting these. Mm. <laughs> See that because that trilogy those first. So they are. They were. Uh, they if they weren't remixed, they were all re-recorded. The whole uh, like which all is probably three. I wouldn't be surprised is what happened because a lot of people if they don't have and and there there is a there is a difference. It 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 really doesn't. You, you can tell you the see, difference. Well, maybe same digital, it's subtle, analog. but it's enough to you can tell. Digital versus analog. Or yeah. You miss some compression here, some distortion here, and yeah. And basically. The the other the every album he's made well, uh, Kissland and if there was one before um, before Beauty Behind the Madness, those producers were trying to chase the sound of that mix of those mixtapes, <laughs> like they're they're tr- they're really trying to replicate that. But then Beauty Behind the Madness, in walks Max Martin and Benny Blanco. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of had to reinvent him because he, the weekend might have been on the way out, fading yeah. away because people tried to take what he was doing and and replicate that. But like that was the that was the producer, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that the his That's producer sound, was part man. of that too. Yeah, they took sound him from engineering, being... right? You know. How you describe him, you know, they took him from being the the male version of Lana Del Rey and just staying down tempo. You make these critically acclaimed albums that no one wants to dance to, nobody wants to get down to. Now you bring in Max Martin, who is, I mean, just the the best songwriter of the and last the twenty years. Had no up tempo songs. Yeah, and you and you and the first the first out the gate that they do together, I can't feel my face. It's funky. It's upbeat. It's not the weekend. <laughs> It's just not. The, I heard. I was like, I like this song, but this is not the weekend. Yeah. This is way too happy and honest yeah. about heroin. Okay, that, that's the weekend, but this song is way too upbeat. Like there's, there's really pretty background harmonies and slap bass and yeah. It was. It's. It was. It's very Europe. Like um, what eighties disco Europe disco when it was still popular yeah, over there. Italian disco. Yeah. It, thank you. That's the term I'm looking for. It's very Italian disco. Which Max Martin, being Swedish, would know all about. So, um, so that imagine okay. if Erica Badu had taken that turn oh. <laughs> and had worked with no. with the with the hot producer of the day, you know? Because I mean, like, I love um, "Love of My Life," which is um, the song she does with Common Ode to Hip Hop. Love, love, love that song, especially the video where she starts rapping. Yeah, which I was like, I knew she could rap. Like I heard, I was like, I knew she could rap. Like, imagine her working with the Neptunes. 
Because that was they were hot producers. I no, I wouldn't have liked that. They were they were hot producers around that time. Like, imagine that. See, I I I I think of scenarios like that, and that's why. Uh, Rick, I don't know if you've seen how Adele looks now. <laughs> you're afraid oh, she's she bubbling clot. You're afraid. You're afraid. She bubbling clot. <laughs> yeah, not only is she trying to be Jamaican. Yeah, she. she oh, well, I, she's, I, t- she's she's speaking patois. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Adele, no. Yeah. Not only that, but because we whiskey. talked about this before, <laughs> because she she's lost weight, she looks great, but if she starts dancing, I'm I'm done. <laughs> And I think it's over for her. Maybe she's sick of standing up there just singing hello. <laughs> she, if she, she starts dancing, can you, can you see her throwing that leg up? <laughs> she want, she's like, I want, I want, I want something catchy. I want to be, I want to perform at the Super Bowl. Like I just, I can't imagine. <laughs> I gotta hear this because I've heard, I've heard she is rough around the edges, man. Like a um, Jeremy, the guy who used to play bass in Sunset, a Whitney Houston. Type. Um, like yeah, like she's like he's like she's backstage smoking, drinking whiskey. He worked one of her shows. I'm like, that's I could see that, I could see that. She she's into that, you know. She's well, yeah, probably I mean, into that old soul music. She I could yeah, see that. I could I could see that too. I think like Whitney was propped up to be like yeah. so all American, mm-hmm. and I think people tried to make her colorless. They they tried. But oh, she's out there smoking crack. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Crack is whack. Crack, crack is, is whack. whack. She's freebasing coke. She, she made too much money to smoke crack. Yes, yeah. Um, But yeah, like it, it, to I hope I hope she doesn't. I I hope Adele. No, no, please. No dancing. Well, just look at when when the album announcement starts to come out. Look at the producers. If, you if I see, see Max, Max Martin, Martin, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, don't forget though. He he, to his credit, not saying it's a great song. He did write not. Um, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. So he that's can one ballad write, out of what I'm just saying. <laughs> but he that was kind of like just to show y'all I can do it. <laughs> like I'm more than oops, I did it again because people were like, man, he writing the same song. He was like, all right, I got something for you. Sitting down at that piano, being all Swedish, and he wrote that song. <laughs> Just to show y'all, like, I, I, I could do this if I wanted, but I don't want to. If she dances, I'm done. If I see Max Martin, I, I might be done anyway. Benny Blanco, uh, is it Sia or Saya? Sia can write. I, I, I could see. That's the thing. Sia could give her a song but, with substance and a beat. Hopefully Adele just has enough of an ego and say, I'm a better songwriter than her, and then she won't work with her at all. <laughs> I could. They should work. I think they could come up with something good if they work together. I would love because Sia has has good thought provoking lyrics, but the tracks are danceable. I could see that happening. I hope not. I mean, she wrote basically. I was hoping she was going to come out of the Super Bowl. Um, if he did, like maybe did Elastic Heart because he did that other song from um, from uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. What was the song of that? Was it Love Earned Me Harder? It. Earned it. Yeah, he did that. I was hoping she would come out with him. I, I, I like Sia. I would be okay with that. But Max Martin, I'm out. I'm out. Nah, if I if and bump the cup, booyaka booyaka. She does something with Skip Marley. <laughs> if she does something with, with, with Skip or Ziggy or Steven or Davy and Marley. I mean, Skip got on that Katy Perry song. I so. would I would I would be intrigued. <laughs> but if, if but if she start dancing, no, yes, hell, hell, she's gonna no. give us her own version. She's gonna change to the rhythm. She gonna toot it up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! She, she end up doing a song with David Guetta or Steve Aoki or something or one of the EDM guys. 
Like, I, I really hope not. But David Guetta featuring Adele. <laughs> that sounds so gross. That's his comeback. That is so <laughs> gross. Um, but with uh, back, back, okay, we're, we're, we're circling back around to, to Erica here. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're coming up on the um, time mark I was going for here. So I'll ask you, Rick, um, what is, what should be the legacy of Baduism combined with Erica Badu Live? Mm. I mean, just uh, soulful classic, uh, classically soulful. I mean, you can't you can't talk about that. You can't talk about neo soul and Baduism and the live is not there. Um, great music, just great music. Because if you you listen to that live and the covers that she did of um. The covers that she did on there. Uh, I was just looking at. Well, let me pull it right back up. She did a cover of, I think, Boogie Nights. Boogie by Nights Wave. and all night, yeah. And right she did at, a cover of uh, "Stay" by yeah. Rufus and yeah. Shaka Khan, yeah. and uh, "Searching" by Roy. Yes, sir. Ayers. Yes, sir. Those those songs there. And "All Night Long" by the Mary Jane Girls. That that was the medley. Bruh. And "Funkin' for Jamaica." Yeah, those jet, bro. I'm talking. It's just. It's, it's like you say, it's a vibe. It's a vibe, man. You just want to sit back, have some good drinks, light some incense, and ride it. That might be my weekend. Yeah, honestly, because <laughs> I need yeah. a break. Um, Ben, how about you? What? How do? You, how should? Um, how should the at least these two pieces of art be remembered? So I mean, I look at it the same, the kind of the way those albums on on Discogs, which I have much respect for, four albums, four essential neo soul albums. It's one of them, and it kind of ushered in an era where soul music was being taken seriously again. So it's not to say that soul music was never taken serious. Every I think every genre of music, you know, has its cycles. You you start out serious, then you kind of get fun. And then you get serious again, and then you get fun, and you know, and it's kind of we've seen it with rock music, we've seen it with we've seen it with rap music, we've seen it with R and B and soul. Um, I think right now, you know, pop music is getting serious again. By de facto, R and B music is, music is probably going to get a little bit more serious as well. And I think a lot of some of the things that we've heard um, that have kind of permeated throughout the early two thousands kind of came from this music. You know, Neo Soul in general, but and, and Baduism being one of those albums that really helped shape it. Um, I think we really started to hear it. So, I mean, you, you think of an artist, you know, so you mentioned at the beginning, hip-hop beats and she's singing. You know, you think of artists like Erica Badu. You think of artists like Mary J. Blige, who was a huge influence on Destiny's Child, which essentially that's what they were doing mm-hmm. just a little bit later, you know, yeah. and that's what Beyonce essentially made a career out of. And now she's just kind of going full rap and she's just rapping now. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like there's a lot of things you can trace back to this album and the things that, especially with the things that it did later, some of now, some of the jazzier tracks though, like other side of the game are drama. I don't really think, there's a ton of influence in mainstream R&B 
um, until maybe you get to like the twenty, the late two thousands, early twenty tens, where you start to see like artists like Trey Songs or Lloyd, who like really kind of have well written R and B songs. And I know like I'm not talking about like you know your birthday or whatever, but like, and I, I can't think of songs off the top of my head, but like you really started to see a return to like real soulful singing with mm-hmm. artists like that. Because I remember mm-hmm. like. I had a friend of mine who um, went to music school up in in Pennsylvania. She was a vocalist. And I remember she was like, yo, you need to check out Trey Songs." And I remember checking him out. And I'm like, you know, he was being compared to R. Kelly. And the music was really good. And I feel like that's, you know, you have those artists. They were pulling from that era of music. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and it's so facto pulling from Baduism. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel mm-hmm. like we we lost a little bit of that until then. Um, you s- sometimes still kind of hear it. I mean, the the electric keyboard was always in R and B, so I mean, but like the live instruments, we kind of lost that maybe until the late two thousands, early twenty tens. It's of course now it's just everything's you know programmed, which you know kind of sucks if you're a musician. But yeah. Um, but I think that's kind of of where we are. I, I think it's a, a much more influential album. Then maybe it's led on that it that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I agree mm-hmm. with both of you there that um, it's soulful. It's been influential and and when you said like now everything sounds programmed, I thought of like what the what alternative R and B is now mm-hmm. um, to where you know they're just sampling. R&B songs that I feel like just <laughs> came out yeah. uh, or they are you you know like it's supposed to be a connection mm-hmm. right the soul music is supposed to be a connection it's like I can't connect to this mm-hmm. like okay I know a lot of people don't like Bryson Tiller uh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. a lot of people like Tory Lanez yeah. um, I I can't I can't get there with y'all. And Tory Lanez <laughs> is, is rapping now. So now like now I feel like everything's fabricated with with him in, including <laughs> his man unit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so uh I I think that possibly like with this the era of alternative R&B um uh, I, I, the closest act that I, I think of off the top of my head, at least, that is that can uh, kind of get close to what Baduism is, or some people may think they surpassed it, is the internet. Yes, yes, because that 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 is mm-hmm. that they're they're the most recent R and B band. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, the Roots they're they're still out there. You see them on Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> um, main condition, they're still performing. Yeah, um, but you don't get. And but I, any like yeah. anybody new mm-hmm. to where it like it it still sounds it sounds new it sounds fresh, mm-hmm. but the it it has a, a retro sound as the same concepts exactly. Is somebody like the internet? That's mm-hmm. that's the closest I can think of that may remind me of albums like Baduism and Voodoo and mm-hmm. Urban Hang Suite. Mm-hmm. I just wish they were more mainstream. And I guess that's yeah. kind of where I'm coming from. Like, and I think, I, and I you know what I were. think it is because we're more, we're even more visual now, and 
more con- and more conservative than black people like to admit. Yeah. It's hard to get behind them. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get behind be, a band like that. I don't want like to be mainstream. I still like finding it. I I I, I understand. I, I still like I, I finding it. I get you there. And and, and 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 hey, dog, have you heard? Yeah. I yeah. still like it no, that way. You. For some reason, and and but I want them to get their money. Yeah. But I still like. Hey, dog, have you heard? And I mean, a lot of it's more popular in other countries too. If we're just yes. being real, yes, I yeah, mean, oh yeah, they love all. They love. I mean, soul. I heard the internet on a whim once. One day, my car was getting towed. I was in a tow truck, and I heard a girl by the internet, and I was instantly blown away. Who is this? But every time I look them up, they're performing on shows in other countries. Yes, yes. Yeah. Australia, the UK. Well, I, yeah. I saw them here. Oh, for real? Yeah, they were at the Tabernacle. Nice. A couple of years ago. <sighs> nice. Th- nice. Those venues. That those place yeah. was a little sold, bit intimate. Sold. Yeah. Out, yeah. Uh, it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was a good show, but I like the so the influence of Baduism is is still there, um, but you, like you said, you may have to just look for it. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. Um, let's look at the uh, the accolades uh, that that she received. She was nominated for best new artist. Uh, she did not win, so that's why she's still around. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she lost to Paula Cole. Mm-hmm. Paula hmm? Cole, okay. For anyone who uh, ever watched Dawson's Creek, <laughs> yeah. she sang the theme song. <laughs> uh, also nominated were Fiona Apple, Hanson, and Whoa. Puff Daddy. Oh, sign of the times, man! <laughs> Hanson and Puff Daddy, <laughs> definitely uh, a nomination Apple, of its who... time. Really, will probably never get the credit she deserves. Oh, but boy, she's amazing. Uh, yeah, she'll she's never get the credit she deserves. Uh, she was nominated for Best R&B Song for On and On, but lost to one Aura Kelly for I Believe I Can Fly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, also nominated was oh, uh, No Diggity, uh, Stomp. As in Kirk Franklin. Franklin? So <laughs> they considered that R&B? That was R&B. It was Tannehill. Oh, oh, God. And uh, Honey. <laughs> oh, God. Mariah Carey. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, best female R&B vocal performance. Uh, she won for On and On. Also nominated Shaka Khan for Summertime. Mariah Carey for Honey. Patti LaBelle for When You Talk About Love. And Whitney Houston for I Believe in You and Me. Mm. Oh, that was a she beat. Ooh, that was a banger back then too. I believe it. Well, not a banger, but y'all know what I mean. Was, that was, was Whitney. Yeah, that was a good song. And Preacher's wife, man. Mm-hmm. She could do no wrong around mm-hmm. that time. Yeah, no, not a drop. And uh, she was nominated the next year for best R&B vocal performance for Tyrone, and she did not win. She lost to Doo-Wop, That Thing by Lauren Hill. <laughs> also nominated, Are You That Somebody, Aaliyah. Uh, a Rose is Still a Rose by Aretha Franklin, oh, written by Lauryn Hill. Mm-hmm. And I Get Lonely by Janet Jackson. That makes me so... Did you, well, you saw the text I sent you. The picture, Lauryn Hill is not a legend. Yeah. She made a legendary album. What she could have been, but topic for another day. I love her. I absolutely love her. Oh, I love that album. It stays in yeah. my rotation. Her, that and the live yeah. that she did. It's what she could have been, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see what else we got here. Uh, well, I just wanted to go off of those two. Um, live, the live album was nominated for Best R&B 
album. It looks like that was the next year. And she lost to um, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. <laughs> uh, also nominated Never Say Never by Brandy, A Rose is Still a Rose by Aretha Franklin, and Great Embrya by Maxwell. Mm. Funny enough, she said that she was heavily inspired by Brandy's first album yes, yes. when yeah. making this album, which I found to be very interesting. But that was a great album, too. That yeah. Brandy first album oh, was yeah. a great no. album. Which also brings back memories of middle school, but <laughs> it was one of those where it's like, was I, I, I just didn't out of think. College. That was, I had flunked out of college. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never put you know two and two together because, yeah. you know, Really, really, I mean, it's R&B, but it's really poppy R&B. Mm-hmm. And then this is like really serious, you know, mm-hmm. serious themes, adult themes, you know, rated M.A. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, oh, I said she she won Best R&B Album for Baduism, Beating Out The Day by Babyface, Share My World by Mary mm. J. Blige, mm. Evolution by Boyz II Men, Flame by Patti LaBelle, and The Preacher's Right Wife. Soundtrack. soundtrack. That's funny because that was Boys to Men's last big album, Four Seasons of Loneliness and Dear Mama. Yeah. That was their last big, from them yeah. being the biggest R&B group in the world, one of the biggest groups, period, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's crazy that she, it, it really was a change under the guard, man. Yeah. You, it was it was like when, um, never mind, Dethroned, Dangerous by mm. Michael Jackson. It's a literal changing of the guard. Wow. <laughs> you can't write this stuff. it's insane Um, so yeah that will do it for our discussion on Baduism Um, like independent artists say it's streaming everywhere I guess you Mm -hmm. might say Um, so uh, we'll play my uh, earworm of the week Um, it is a let me make sure I didn't already have this as an earworm uh, because I, that sometimes happens it happens. Too. That happens. You come back to an old favorite. Okay, it is not. So it is a cover, and it's uh, it's kind of in, in a way degrees of separation, however many, um, connected to our topic because it is a cover by someone associated with the Soulquarians, uh, by the name of Most Deaf. Ah. And uh, there's a cover of one of his songs. I probably mentioned on this podcast mm-hmm. before, but uh, it is a cover of his song "Umi Says." Um, it's 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 a house version oh, <laughs> by whom? By Lion Babe. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you you might like it. Hey, black people still like house music, don't they? Uh-huh. D- depends. How drunk are we? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if I can pull it up here, we will play it. So this is Umi Says by Lion Babe, and we'll be right back. I think I've heard this.
right that is umi says by lion babe uh you can find that on our bttyc airworms playlist on spotify right now all right so that will bring us to the end of this episode um rick we always say if you want to be found where can people find you talking random ish at gmail um you can always find me in the barbershop friday nights 8 30 to 10 um talking random ish youtube page talking random ish facebook page um anywhere you can pull the um the podcast from apple google play just found out we was on audible Nice. Yes, sir. Holla at your folks. All right. And um, if you're watching on Twitch, you can see where to find us. So uh, we're going to end the episode. <laughs> um, we talked a lot. Uh, we like hearing the live instruments and the live performances. And I found one more. This is uh, off of the off of Baduism. Um, it's actually another single, but there was no video for it. I found this live performance. Uh, I don't know if everybody who had an unplugged album, but this is an unplugged performance of Apple Tree. Okay. And uh, we're going to end the show with that. So um, I'd like to thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you very, very soon. Peace. And I was hanging out with some of my artsy friends. Ooh, you, you. The night was long. The night went on. People cooling out to the break of dawn. Incense was burning, so I'm feeling right. I see. I fixed my friends like a pick of fruit. Again, he told me that when I was over there, you lied. Don't walk around trying to be what I'm not. I don't waste my time trying to keep what you got. Work it pleasing me, goes I can't please you. And that's why I do what I do. I'm planting seeds, so I reap what I sow. You know, you know. I'm-